Is Mike on? First tonight, quite the scare for a woman in Brunswick. She woke up early this morning around 2 a.m. to find an intruder standing over her bed, threatening to cut her with a knife. Can you imagine? This happened in Maine. I will discuss it at the end of the episode, but she fought him off. 87 years old, she fought off a teenager, which is making me think maybe maybe we could have an older president. Who knows? What's wrong with Orny Adams? 87 starts now. You'll be happy to know what I will be discussing on this podcast. I, I have a lot, but the perils and promises of penis enlargement surgery. That's right. This was in the New Yorker. So if it's in the New Yorker, I can discuss it. But breaking now, more girls are going through puberty earlier due to pandemic lifestyles, a study says. More girls started puberty before age eight, before age eight during the COVID-19 pandemic, a phenomenon called precocious puberty. The study confirms it. Now, what's causing this? Contributing factors include poor eating, poor exercise habits, too much screen time, and impaired sleep. I I might go through puberty again. I suffer all this. 87. Here we go. What's his name, Kev? I'm on fire. I'm ready today. Nice and early. It's going to be hot again. Scorching here in Los Angeles. Really hard to maintain your property if you have living plants like I do. I'm having trouble with Sago Palms. Calling out all the Sago Palmist. What's going on? My leaves are turning yellow. And I posted it. There's an app where you can post and, and it tells you what could be wrong with it. This is what the app comes back. Ready? Bringing this down. Could need fertilizer. Could be caused. The yellowing leaves could be caused by not enough water or too much water. Well, that helps. That really helps. So how am I supposed to know if I'm too much water or too little water? Climate's changing. Things are going crazy. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm watering the exact same. So that's what I'm waking up to. Then I went to turn this board on today, and it didn't turn on. I go, I can't take another another electronic blip. One of my TVs isn't working. The box uh, the, the, the ATT U-verse box is probably fried. Now I got to deal with that. I feel like I'm constantly resyncing, refreshing, restarting. I'd like to remove all of this from my life. I really would. A lot to discuss today. A lot of fun stuff. I just got a nice fan email right before I was about to come in and record from uh, Mel. Melissa, she was at my show at the Ice House in Pasadena last month. I'll be back at the Ice House in Pasadena August 19th. Then I'll be there in September. So go to my website, grab tickets. If you want to see me live, I don't think she'll mind me sharing this because I I actually gave her what, what the kids call a shout out in the last episode. This just came in. As I was walking into the studio, I was handed this. Firstly, Orny, firstly, I'd like to thank you for mentioning my dad And I, in your latest podcast episode, it was such a pleasure to meet you, exclamation mark. You were so kind for taking the time to talk to us and you killed on stage. Well, let me explain something. I have nothing else to do. So that's why I talk to people. Otherwise, I just leave the show when I go home bored. You you don't know what it's like as a performer. You're on stage in front of all these people and hopefully they're adoring you and they're clapping and they're on your every word and they're applauding you and you're talking to people and they're not on their phones. Although somebody was on the phone the other night at the uh, improv and I had to say something. And then you leave and you go home 
and you're alone. You're just all alone and lonely. And so that's why I talked to you after the show, Mel. You were absolutely hilarious. You made my dad's nice pointing him out while you were on stage. Well, this guy's been at several of my shows. There was a guy at my show the other night at the improv. He's been several times. And he always wears these glasses, like these welding glasses. I was like, are you blind? I needed to know finally if he was blind because I'd seen him in the audience so many times. She wrote to clarify. I asked her, she said she watches... Uh, all the episodes. She's a Patreon subscriber. Thank you. By the way, I just uploaded a video to Patreon just for the Patreon subscribers of me setting up the show today. To clarify, my favorite episodes are 17, 28, 55, and 72. Are there any uh, people uh, chronologic, uh, anybody uh, cataloging my episodes? Can you tell me what 17, 28, 55, and 72 are? Or anytime you use the Winston Churchill or John Macaro sound bits. I just looked. I must have taken it off the board. I've got one with one that says Cass. Remember that? Cass and Churchill. Remember Cass, that acting director that yelled, Nothing, nothing, nothing. That this there one. There is nothing that you have not experienced and known. Yeah. Well, now I got. Uh, I did a, 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 a like a matchup, but what do they call those things? These that things. I have held firmly to the belief that there never is a need. Never, never, never. That's Winston. Never, never, never. Because I never had this situation in my life. Never, never, never. Never, never, never. Anyway, that's for you. Uh, she said, after meeting you after the show, I want a little space to get at when you asked what the favorite episodes were. I was a little shy about meeting you. Of course, it's a big deal meeting a big-time celebrity like me who has no life when he goes home. I really enjoyed lis- I really enjoyed listening to your podcast. I respect your authenticity, points of view, and your attention to detail. You're so intelligent and motivating. Wow, this is really nice. You have such a creative mind and heart with all that you do. Well, thank you. Thank you. You are. Uh, we are excited to see you again at the Ice House this month. Now, that they're going to come back and sit in the front row again, and now I'm going to have anxiety that they're seeing a lot of the material that they've already seen. So this, listen, I love that people come back. But this is what I want to know. If you come back a couple of weeks later, like they are, are you disappointed that you're seeing stuff you've already seen? I'm breaking down some some barriers, probably things that people don't, comics don't usually discuss, but it takes years to develop all this stuff. I'm going to talk about that in one second. Let me f- finish this letter. I'll make sure to tell my dad to wear a louder Hawaiian shirt. This guy shows up wearing a Hawaiian shirt. If you've seen my special more than loud, I'm not keen to that. I'm starting to think he likes the abuse. Thank you again. You're truly one of a kind. All the best, Mel. Thank you, Mel. Thank you for a, being a Patreon subscriber and all that stuff. Uh, I'm going to say this. When I started doing comedy, you spent years on the road. You took your time developing. You let bits evolve and marinate. And you let thoughts come to you later. There wasn't this need for output like me, I've got to do a podcast almost every day, uh, every week, or I, I've got every day I'm doing something. I'm doing something on camera every single day, whether it's putting clips out there of my stand up, little videos, podcasts. This is all new. I evolved in a time, my brain, when you didn't have to have so much output. It took years to do an hour of comedy. I remember when I finished 
takes the third or more than loud one of my specials, one of my reps said, well, we've got to start preparing to shoot the next one. I'm like, next one? I just, we just did this. Shouldn't we take a minute to enjoy it? You used to be able to live off of your creations longer. Now, come on, Orny. It's been a week since you did a podcast. Come on, where are you? Hey, Orny, you okay? I haven't seen you. Haven't seen you uh, post anything. Everything okay? I haven't seen you on any social media. What's going on? Everything okay? What's going on? You must not be relevant anymore. Hey, Orny, while you were taking two days off not doing anything, guess what? We found somebody new. We found somebody new that we like. You better put out, put out, put out, create, 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 till your head explodes, till you have no life at all. No life at all. That is the current state of being an entertainer. Why am I still wearing headphones? So, here we go. Here we go. Eight pages of notes. Let's start discussing some of this stuff. I'm going to discuss... uh, Oh, here's another social media post from somebody to one of my... uh, At Orny Adams. That's how you can find me. O-R-N-Y Adams. Although some people spell it O-R... And I, like I was looking at some of the podcast reviews on Apple, and it's like, thanks. Two of them said, thanks, Orny, O-R-N-Y. Do I need to, to, to now monitor that spelling of my name? Uh, this gentleman wrote, first name's Asher, I'll say that. I'd like to see more guys like at Orny Adams run for office. Be like Al Franken. Don't get mad. Get elected. Put me in, coach. World's best second job for a comedian. Go kick some ass. If Schwarzenegger can do it, Orny, exclamation mark, I'll campaign for you. Seriously, consider. I don't know who this guy is. Let's start raising money, buddy. I'll say this. I don't think there's anything worse. that I would never want to be a politician nowadays. I can't stand the bureaucracy, the crap, how hard it is to push bills through, common sense. I could only... I could only do change if I could do it like Bill Gates. Bill Gates made a ton of money. Now he uses that money to make change. So I remember reading an article article years ago where he said if he wants to try giving a community mosquito nets to see if he can fight malaria, he just buys a bunch of mosquito nets and gives it to them. He doesn't have to run it up some ladder, ask somebody to get permission, deal with egos. There's too many egos. Do you see what it takes to pass a bill? We can't even pass bills in Congress to balance our debt. We, we can't even come to terms on just basic common sense. If we had, if America, if the world had to pass a bill or a law right now to come up with how we measure time, we wouldn't be able to do it. We couldn't even, it's amazing that the world still has consensus on time, that we all consider 24 hours in a day. And you laugh, you go, well, it has to do with the rotation of the earth and there's 365 and a quarter uh, days in a rotation. But believe me, yes, that's science. But there's people nowadays that wouldn't believe in that. That they would say, no, the earth is flat. It doesn't even rotate. So the fact that we can agree on time, I'm glad we got that pushed through years ago because that wouldn't happen now. I remember when I was called for jury duty and I sat there sitting through all this procedural stuff. I said, I don't have the patience for this. This person's guilty. Let's put him away. I don't have time for procedure, for procedure that gets in the way 
of moving things forward in an expeditious factor, factor, uh, manner. I just looked at my notes and, and I saw, I saw penoplasty. I got to discuss this. Do you want to hear that? I don't know who I'm talking to right now. Do you want to hear that? Or do you want to hear about me being thrown out of a restaurant last Friday in Los Angeles? What do you want to hear? I'm going to end on some crime stories. I know that much because there's, there's more crime than ever. This, this is a headline. Ready for this? Fast food, not fast enough. I've said this for years. We have become a fast food world. Everything is fast food. Meaning, even if you go into any any business, they treat it like fast food now. They don't care if you ever come back. The employees don't want to be there. The product sucks. We, pride in workmanship is out the door. Very few mom and pops. It's all about uh, margins. It's all about, which we'll come back to this restaurant that I was thrown out of. And it all comes back to uh, how, how quickly can we get you in and out? Get your money. We don't care if you're satisfied. We don't care if you complain anymore. You used to be able to complain. Businesses used to care. They don't care anymore. Especially with the internet, we over-complained. Everybody over-complained. And now people like me that are really good at complaining, we don't carry as much weight anymore. You should have just left it up to me to complain for you. I know what's wrong. I know how to address it. Now, even being verified, these businesses don't care. They don't care they don't care if Wendy Adams ever comes back. They don't care if I write this is the worst place I've ever been to. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll name the restaurant I was thrown out of in a few minutes. They won't care. They won't care. What do we care? It's still busy. And when it stops being busy, we'll change the name, we'll hire a new chef, and we'll call it something else. And all you dumb fools will come back because we take this abuse. That's why, like, with this incident on an airline and people, I'll never fly this airline again. You think they care? You will fly that airline again when you need to go nonstop to that city that that airline is the only airline that flies nonstop to. You will. You will. Americans are so busy, many won't even get out of their cars to go shopping. (laughs) Oh, God, are we dumb. Nearly half of Americans in a new poll would avoid going to a store that didn't have a drive through option. I see this when people are lined up in the morning for their coffee. I'm like, there's a huge drive through line and there's nobody inside. And I always just park and walk in. Now, the problem is my order is now competing with the order of the people online. They should really treat the customer that comes in a little bit better. The survey of 2,000 U.S. adults found that twice as many people prefer drive through to actually entering a store on foot. A third of those preferred drive throughs claim that they will always choose the option when available. These are like, like coffee places, fast food, banking. Uh, I mean, they, they say they want to sit in the car because they want to stay on their devices. They, they don't want to be around other people. I, they're... I don't know what happens to us as a species. I really don't. I really think that these conveniences, including electronics, have destroyed us. Destroyed us. We're supposed to, as humans, interact, evolve, 
it's supposed to be about love. It's not supposed to be a love with your device. And that's what it's become. Americans are so busy, they won't even get out of their cars to go shopping. Unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. Really. Really. Let's talk about penis enlargement. Isn't that, isn't that really why we're here? To discuss that? To discuss penal enlargement? This article was in the New Yorker. It's called penoplasty, by the way. I'm going to say, I'm not going to say penal enlargement. I'm going to say penoplasty because it makes me sound more sophisticated, doesn't it? When I say penoplasty, hey, how's your penoplasty surgery going? I'm going to ask the audience. Anybody here, anybody here have penoplasty uh, surgery? Anybody want to admit to that? They follow this guy, Mick who had a bad experience. Now, I will, before I completely malign this, towards the end of the article, they did bring up that people tend to complain more when something goes bad uh, than when things go good. But the other thing about penis uh, enlargement surgery is a lot of people, they're not going to come forward and talk about having a bad penis enlargement experience. It's just not something you bring up at the cocktail party. Oh, hey, what's new? What's new? Well, things with the penis enlargement surgery didn't go so well. I can't believe the number of people that are unhappy with the size of their penis. I mean, it's I mean, it's amazing. I mean, look at this article. It's a bit long. Okay, this guy Mick. I'm going to put glasses on for this one. No messing around. Let's see how these new clear glasses look. That's not bad, right? Why am I so ashamed that I have to wear glasses now? Why Why am I so ashamed about getting older? I mean, I'm older. Why, why, why don't I ever want to grow up? And don't write me and tell me why. I don't care what your opinion is. This is what's wrong with Orny Adams. I'll tell you what's wrong with Orny Adams. I know I don't want to hear from you. You ever like just complaining? You just want to complain? And then the person starts offering advice. You're like, oh, I, I got to lose five pounds. You just want to say that. And they're like, well, are you eating late at night? Are you, are you eating more? Uh, obviously. Have you thought about uh, cutting out uh, sodium and uh, uh, the pink sea salt? Pink Himalayan sea salt? Uh, hey, I don't, I don't mean to be an asshole, but I, I actually wasn't asking for advice. I just sort of wanted to say it. I wanted you to know that that's what I was thinking about. Sorry, I'm a little upset about the, you know, penal surgery. Penal surgery. Mick, that's his middle name. By the way, I can discuss this. This was in the New Yorker. Now, when I was growing up, the New Yorker was, you know, this is it. I always wanted to be published in the New Yorker. Wanted to do a shouts and murmurs. Guess what? Uh, that that dream didn't come true either. If we're uh, keeping track of dreams that didn't come true, put that one on the list. Mick wanted a bigger penis because he believed it would allow him to look in the mirror and feel satisfied. I don't think I've ever looked in the mirror at my penis. Is something wrong with me? Is that something that guys do? He had trouble imagining what shape the satisfaction would take since it was something 
he'd never actually experienced. Small and dark-haired, he found his adolescence to be a gantlet of humiliating compromises or comparisons. Oh, in the locker room. Mm. Interesting. None of Mick's romantic partners ever commented on his size. Well, there you go, Mick. But his preoccupation had a way of short-circuiting his mood. He tried several kinds of self-acceptance therapy without success. Whenever he went to the bathroom, there it was, mocking him. Like a little evil root. I'm reading from the article. It gets in there and grows like a tree. Well, too bad too bad your penis doesn't, Mick. The thought gets in there and grows like a tree. The, the thought of the penis is growing, just not your penis. But I think everybody has that on some level about something. Well, that's true. Way to make us all think a little bit here, Mick. Way, way to make us all reflect. After high school, Mick decided to study art and move to Berkeley. I, I, we don't really care about Mick this much, do we? So he goes to get an implant. The device is called Panuma. And it had been uh, invented by Jem, uh, James Elise, a silver-haired urologist. TMZ described him as the Thomas Edison of penis surgery. Elite's procedure was touted as reversible. And according to uh, an article in GQ, more than 1,000 men had already undergone the surgery. Uh, as far as Mick could tell, the only genital enhancement on the market to have received the blessing of the Food and Drug Administration. I'll get into that in a minute, why this got approved, which is shocking. The basic operation cost $15,000, roughly half of Mick's life savings. This is what Mick's decided to put his, his life savings into. Uh, though he added uh, he, though he added a pair of discounted testicular implants. Not too sure I want the discounted uh, testicular implants. I'd, I'd rather pay full price. What is this, last season's implants? What am I getting, last season's testicular uh, implants? I don't want the... I want... Listen, if I'm getting testicular implants, I want the cutting edge. I want this season's. I want what's in. I don't want someone to look at my testicles and go, yeah, you got last season's testicles in there. So the testicle implants were another seven grand. He put down a deposit and uh, told his long-distance boyfriend that he was taking a work trip. Now he's keeping a secret from his boyfriend. Anyway, cut to. Goes in for a consultation for the penal uh, enlargement with Panuma. It lasted five minutes. He signed a stack of consent forms and releases. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not letting anybody ever touch my penis for elected surgery. That's me. If I were, now any surgery, you should have seen me when I had knee surgery, all the questions I asked. You should have seen me when I get a, a tooth worked on, all the questions I asked. If I was getting penal in surgery, I would have a million questions to the point where they're thinking, we don't even want to, uh, operate on this guy. He's asking too many questions. That's what that's what happens. I wonder if they like circle the the, the penis. You know, they we get knee surgery. They circle the knee so they know which knee to operate on. So I know the joke was there is only one penis. I got it. It didn't translate, but in my head I thought there's something there. Then I said it, and guess what? There was nothing there. So he. Um, he goes in for consultation, lasts five minutes. Then when the surgery was over, 
Mick, still groggy from the general anesthesia, took an Uber to Motel 6 near the airport, where he spent the next five days alone on his back. I could, I'll say this, probably nothing worse than staying in a Motel 6, except staying at a Motel 6 after having penile enlargement surgery, laying on your back for five days. This guy spent $15,000 on the surgery. He should have budgeted to stay in a nice hotel. sat there for the next five days alone on his back, his penis mummy wrapped in gauze. Morning erections were excruciating. Sharp jolts seized his crotch whenever he peed, which he could only do by leaning over the bathtub. Hold on here! Is this guy pissing into the bathtub in Motel 6? He anticipated some discomfort, but when he changed his gauze, he started to see the corners of the implant protruding under his skin. Like a misplaced bone. Oh, whoa, we got a problem here. The implant is protruding. This is why you don't mess with God's perfection, the penis. Back in Seattle, the penuma's edges continued to jut out, particularly on the right side, although the testicular implants look fine. Wow, the discounted uh, testicular implants were working okay. He decided not to tell his boyfriend about the operation. Talking to him would only make it seem more real, and he wasn't yet prepared. Here's where it gets even worse. Then he began to lose sensation. He writes the doctor, I know it's only been uh, three weeks, uh, sends an email, but I'm a bit concerned about the look. As you can see in the pictures, now he's sending the doctor dick pics. It's been 70 days since the surgery, and it feels like a shrimp, he wrote in November. This is this is a nightmare. This is a nightmare. A absolute nightmare. Now, how is this possible? How is it FDA kissed in? What happened? Because the FDA requires the pharmaceutical industry to conduct clinical studies on new drugs, it is often assumed that the same is required of medical device manufacturers. However, a loophole known as 510K process allows companies to implant untested products in patients as long as they can demonstrate that the devices are substantially equivalent to those already on the market. In September 2004, not long long after Elis can convinced the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office of the novelty of his invention, he informed the FDA that his silicon block was comparable to the calf and butt implants. So, because they were doing this on butt implants and calf implants, he said, well, this is similar, let's just put in a penis. Well, a penis is an organ that grows, hopefully, and it's not even close. It's your penis. So this, this is what's scary about medical. This is what, and they make you sign these forms. And in the forms, they ask you if something goes wrong, don't seek advice from other doctors and don't look for answers on the internet. Well, that sounds very controlling. That sounds like they know something could go wrong. That sounds like they know there's information out there that they're worried about. Now, Mick is lucky because 65-year-old diamond dealer, billionaire, died during the surgery for penis enlargement. A Belgian Israeli billionaire died on a Parisian operating table while getting an unknown substance injected in his penis. People 
people are dying to have a bigger penis. This guy, 65 years old, not even that old, a billionaire, you, has everything. I'm, you know, by the way, I think Jeffrey Epstein might have had this because remember that deposition where they, they described his penis as being egg-shaped? That's, that's, what, that's one of the complications of this, that your penis looks like an egg. You're 65 years old, you're a billionaire, you have money, and you're still not happy. How small... I, I want to know how small the guy's penis was, that he died. And he, and he died from complications, but it was during penis surgery. Now, why is Panuma surgery so popular? I'll tell you why. Because physicians are reimbursed rates for prostheses. There's a, there's a penis pump. And if you get a penis pump, that's covered by insurance. So the doctors get about $800 for doing a penis pump and surgery. But if they do Panuma, this new one, which is like a block of silicon, they can make six times as much because it's not covered by insurance. Four months after Mick's Panuma surgery, he told the doctor that he was losing sensation and he had numbness. And uh, the doctor, Dr. Elise, told him that the his penis would return in no time. Well, he doesn't want it to return. He wants it to return bigger. That's why he got the surgery. Having invested so much financially and psychologically in the implant, Mick felt grateful for the doctor's assurances and told him uh, and, and tried to focus on... I'm touching my penis as I read this. <laughs> Mine's still there. Uh, Mick felt grateful for the doctor's assurances and, focused, uh, and tried to focus on his paintings and, uh, and other parts of his life. But the numbness in his penis... Rem- reminded him of having a limb fall asleep indefinitely. Is there anything worse than that? That feeling of your limb falling asleep? Well, yes, there is. Of your penis falling asleep feeling. That could be worse. Uh, here, Here's other people that have had mix, mixed experiences with this particular penis, excuse me, I, I want to sound more sophisticated, uh, penoplasty surgery. A truck driver whose device dug into his pubic bone told me that he felt like a prisoner in his own body. An executive, an executive at an adhesive company who hid his newly bulging crotch behind a shopping bag when he was walking his dog. Uh, I have to do this. Oftentimes, I have to hide my bulge behind, excuse me, a bag or something. Uh, let's see. A sales specialist at an industrial supply store sent me his diary, which imagine, uh, at least as his dressy. So he's writing towards, to the doctor, at least. I wish you would have told me I would lose erection length, he wrote. I wish you had told me it could shift and pinch my urethra and make it very difficult to urinate. I mean, like that guy urinating in the bathtub at Motel 6. That's why I don't stay at those places. It was tricky to bend over to tie laces of winter boots, tricky to slip on a condom, tricky to sleep in comfortable positions, tricky to stretch, tricky to spoon. It makes you look like you're always semi-erect, a health spa vice president said of his penuma. I couldn't let my kids sit on my lap. Well, that just got creepy. So, well, this guy describes it. He said there was fluid oozing out. And one time they tried to have... Se- he, uh, for dozens of uh, patients, I'm skipping around too much, uh, 
They had troubles like Smith, like Mick lost sensation. Others said they experienced stabbing pains in the shower during sex. Uh, seroma and excess fluid was not uncommon. This is really disturbing. When a defense and intelligence contractor's girlfriend, a defense and intelligence contractor's girlfriend, registered nurse, uh, aspirated his seroma with a, okay, she took out the seroma with a needle. Oh boy, listen to this. So she took out the fluid with a needle. Oh, this is disgusting. One time they tried to have sex, she told me. The corners of his implant felt like someone sticking a butter knife inside her. Other people, they developed holes in their skin because of the protruding uh, device. Holes in their penis. One guy's hole was whistling. He had a whistling penis. I am doing this, not because I want to say penis a thousand times on this podcast, but I'm doing this as a public service announcement to people that are considering getting this done. I didn't realize so many people were so unhappy with their penis. I'm unhappy with a lot of things, but thank God not that. Latest doctors doctors uh, described pneuma surgery penises like a torpedo, a penguin, a pig in a blanket. Wow. 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 This guy's implant fractured into pieces and were floating under his skin. They described themselves as penile cripples. By the way, they all go on a board called a fallow board to discuss this. This is this is remarkable. Now, what happens when a, they put the implant in the penis? Okay. Well, a body doesn't like a foreign object. So what it does is it develops around it a tissue. It forms an envelope of tissue. None of this, none of this sounds good. None of this sounds good. Now, the article does say that there's a lot of people that are happy. I don't want to get into the specifics, but they claim more people are happy than unhappy. But again, would everybody come forward and complain? And I think there's suicide rates with people uh, associated with having a bad experience with penis and larger peanut peanut plastic. Excuse me. Um, it, 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 it's it's not good. Oh yeah, they put a mesh. They put a mesh at the. So they put this implant. Then they put a mesh around the tip of the implant towards your tip and the tip of the mesh is going into the glands of the penis and causing, uh, you know, loss of sensation because you have all those nerves in there. You don't mess with the penis. Don't mess with the penis. That's all I'm saying. If you got a small penis, it's very unfortunate. Unless this is some sort of medical thing. I don't think you should mess with God's beautiful creation, the penis. This guy, Mick, none of his partners were complaining about it. Nobody said anything. Now, let's just finish up uh, Mick's story here, okay? A year had passed since Mick's uh, implant. It says explant. Why explant? And he had entered a serious depression. He would barely noticed when the pandemic restrictions were lifted because he'd continued to stay in his bed. Originally, six and a half inches of rest. Well, what's wrong with that? He had lost an inch. Whenever he caught sight of himself in the mirror, he felt depressed. They, they Here's the other thing. I don't know where it is in the article, but they told people 
that this could be reversed. And I, very fortunately, when I was a kid, I came up during the time that CDs came out. Remember CDs for music? And they would say these things were indestructible. They were better than records because they couldn't scratch and skip. And you'd go into the CD store. Remember, it's like a scene out of a movie. And they'd throw the CDs. Just hit the board. They would throw the CDs at the wall and stuff like that. And then they'd play them. It was always Dire Straits Money for Nothing that they would play. They'd use that CD. Well, it turns out that was a load of crock because CDs did scratch and did skip. And after that, I never trusted advances. At least 23 malpractice lawsuits have been filed against Elist or Elist in Los Angeles since 1993. He has been named as a defendant in a product liability lawsuit regarding inflatable penal prosthetics brought by plaintiffs Dick Glass and Seaman Brodsky. There's no way this is true. Dick and Seaman are suing the penal doctor? The penal enlargement doctor? There's no way this is true. There's no way. There's no dick and semen. Uh, this guy said that his enlargement was so big, he had to have the extra, extra large removed. He explained it was very uncomfortable for my wife. She was getting micro tears and was considering getting a procedure done to enlarge that opening. Oh, this is great. This is great. Nobody's happy. Nobody's content with what's going on down there, I guess. Um, Mick says at the end, they followed up with him. He regained about 80% of his sensation. His penis. I don't know how you quantify that, but uh, he did. He did. Can you imagine the waiting room for the penal surgery? I, I, I just... I mean, I feel bad for people that aren't happy, but here's what I'm saying. Well, let me sum this up. Don't get don't get anything done to your body that is not necessary. Listen, I'm not happy with a lot of things about me, with a lot of things with my appearance, but I, I live with it. And I think to myself, God gave me a sense of humor and a mind and he didn't give me these other things, but that's fine. You can't have everything. Use, use what you have, your strengths and excel using those. And, and I, I know that the organ, the phallus is a little bit different because a lot of our ego is tied to it. But I, I don't like these people that are getting their faces stretched and all this injection. Believe me, I'd benefit from injections. My eyes look really tired all the time now because I'm stressed. I'm overly stressed, but I'm not going to get injections. You know, I do slight modifications on things. You know, we all do. We all cover up with clothing or whatever it is, but permanent surgery you got to really think hard. You got to think hard. And maybe it's because I live in Los Angeles. And I walk around and I see people that look like ducks from all the uh, stuff they're putting in their lips. Here's the real problem a lot of people don't discuss. A lot of these people that get work done on their face, uh, everybody, meaning not just women, men, women, everybody, you look older. It makes you look older, older, older. All right, let's wrap this. Let's get to to the crime portion. Let's take this home. 
Let's take this home. I didn't mean to spend so much time on penals. Well, yes, I did. Yes, I did. This is from my joke book, April 2016. Maybe we should do a new segment. Bits from Orny's notebooks, joke books. April 2016. Uh, Why do you think these 7-Eleven workers always fight armed robbers? That's easier than filling out the insurance claim. I mean, I bet they're covered for robberies, but seriously, can you imagine all the paperwork? Easier to wrestle a robber, broom off a robber. Sweeping a gun makes more sense. When I was a kid, you'd see a video of store owners fighting off armed robbers, and you'd think, why are they just using a broom? Didn't make any sense to me. Just give them the money. Insurance will cover it. But now I know there's probably a deductible. And then all the paperwork. Who needs that? Sweep the robber. I'm saying this because this happened in Stockton, California. It broke on the news yesterday. It's a video of the a guy going into a 7-Eleven, robbing it. And uh, all he's doing, it's, it's pretty amazing. There's a guy videotaping it too. But all he is doing, let me put up on the big screen here. He, he brings in a trash can into the 7-Eleven. Now, a full-size trash can. He wheels it in. Right there immediately, you know something's not right. Nobody's supposed to go into a 7-Eleven with a trash can. And then he starts taking cigarettes right off the shelf. First thing I noticed is, why are the cigarettes right there out in the open on a shelf? Especially in Stockton, California. Usually they're behind the counter. And you have to say, hey, c- could I? And I don't even know who's smoking anymore. But in the old days, you go, can I get a, a pack of uh, Marlboro Reds? Can I get a, uh, uh, you know. So... Let's let's watch some of this video and walk you through it. But these guys fought it off. That's why I read you the note from my joke book. Th- these guys fought off the robber. It beat the hell out of him with a stick. And I see crime all the time. I live in Los Angeles. I saw a guy with his little son walk into a Target and steal a big game for the kid that had the, the wrapping on it. You know, like sometimes you have to have something... Uh, taken off the the security device. He just walked out with it. He'll remove the device later. Nonchalantly, didn't care, not even looking around. In fact, there's usually security guards watching. When I was in, uh, went to a liquor store called Bevmo, a guy had just walked out with under $1,000. That's the threshold. You can walk out with under $1,000 worth of stuff and they won't prosecute. That's that's where we're at in Los Angeles. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So this guy just goes in, he had done this several times before, and this time the store clerks decided to tackle him and beat the crap out of him. Now, if this happened more, maybe less people would do these sort of crimes. Don't do that, man. Don't do that. That's the guy recorder. Don't do that. Don't Stopped do that. Stockton store beat down as workers wallop a shoplifting suspect trying to steal a trash can full of cigarettes. Tonight, we speak with the man who took out his phone and caught the whole thing on camera. This is CBS News, Sacramento. CBS 13, Sacramento. Robbery beatdown. Here's the guy that recorded this, was in the 7-Eleven when this happened. And by the way, I wish these people would do landscape. I wish they'd do landscape, not the up and down video. I do have a warning for you, though, straight off the top. Some may find this video disturbing, but let's get right out to Some CBS may 13 find it not Madison disturbing. Keevy. Live for us in Stockton tonight with answers from the man behind the camera and the company policy that was likely broken. Madison. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's what Bevmo said. The company policy is we don't confront people stealing. 
We don't even uh, say anything. We don't try and stop them. We don't even call the police. What a great company policy. That's why I miss mom and pop stores. Because mom and pop stores, there's no company policy. Somebody starts taking something, that's money right out of your pocket. You get the broom, you start sweeping that criminal. You get that product back. When you're a corporation, you're a BevMo or you're a Target, you're afraid of lawsuits. You're afraid of retribution. You're afraid. You have to have a company policy. You're afraid of uh, of social media. Uh, uh, um, uh, 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 you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that man tells me that at first when employees went to protect their store at this 7-Eleven in Stockton, that he was impressed and supported what they were doing. But then he said after more than two dozen hits, he started to question if it would end in death. That guy hit him 25 times with a stick. Listen to this. Well, I'm shocked right now. I don't know what to think. The man behind the camera replays a chaotic Saturday. Cell phone video from a Stockton 7-Eleven on the corner of Center and Market Streets. I My philosophy in life is avoid 7-Elevens at all costs. All costs. Nothing. There's always something bad that happens in a 7-Eleven. Has gone viral. Any store you have to, sorry, I keep pausing. Any store you have to go into where on the door frame, it measures your height. It basically takes a mug shot of you. Stay out of. Then next thing I know, guy walks in with a mask. This guy's just pulling so cigarettes right off the shelf. Okay, I got to make it out of here. So let me start talking. Now, why I is asked he- the man who took this video, who goes by Dita, about what Oh, he is see. behind the counter. I think. A masked man attempts to unload the shelves, mostly cigarettes, dumping the stolen goods into a trash can. He's overheard on video threatening two store employees. This is where things escalate, and 7 Eleven's company protocol is broken. Like 25, 26 kids. <laughs> like, I, really, I couldn't tell him. Protocol was broken. Yeah, it's time to uh, break protocol. It's time. I don't want to be in there when this happens. And we pay more for this. We pay. Crime is so out of control. Why? Can somebody explain? Is it the pandemic? Why is nobody afraid of going to jail anymore? Why don't people fear the police? I don't even people fear being shot. I've seen videos where somebody pulls a gun on somebody. They don't even flinch. We are in weird, weird times. Bizarre. In Los Angeles, you can't be flashy. Now, I was on stage the other night. This is up on social media, this clip, where I'm talking about this guy. He was a real loser. He wasn't really a loser. I just like to say the word loser. I think it's such a funny word. But this, I was talking about these people that play ultimate Frisbee as an adult, and I called them losers. And it turned out there was a guy that played ultimate Frisbee He was 22 years old. I knew he was a young kid, but I knew he was too old to be playing ultimate Frisbee. I could eye him. I I assessed the situation immediately. And I said, what do you mean? You you like tore the country? He goes, yeah, I tore the country. I said, "This this is like a rich, entitled kid touring the country, spending his parents' money. His poor parents worked so hard to make money, and he's blowing it instead of getting an education and starting to work and becoming... Uh, 
an upstanding citizen of the United States, which is what we need. He's touring playing Ultimate Frisbee. And he said, I made the money. I go, oh, 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 sorry. I didn't, I shouldn't have assumed that you didn't make the money. I said, what'd you, and he said, oh, I did it with uh, crypto. He told me what crypto. And I called him dumb for re- some reason. And he yells out, I'm dumb, but I'm, I'm effing dumb, but I'm rich. You see the video. It's on all my social media. I'm effing rich. And I said, listen, buddy, that's a good way to get mugged. You never announce, especially in a city like Los Angeles, that you have money. Someone will follow you home. I don't know what that noise is. Somebody will follow you home. Just so everybody knows, I'm, I'm in a trailer outside of my home. A Shasta trailer. I don't live in this trailer. People ask me that. I don't. Well, actually, I do. I'm poor. What am I doing? I'm doing a story about how you don't talk about what you have. Yeah, I have nothing. I have nothing. You don't announce. Last night, two people were mugged at Craig's in Los Angeles, which is one of the, I think it's the hot spot for celebrities. I've never been there. I'm not into like the whole, you know, scene here in Los Angeles, but it's, it's where every celebrity goes. And two people, a couple were held up at gunpoint and they snatched their watches and stuff like that. You don't wear nice watches in Los Angeles and you don't drive nice cars. My neighbors got followed home in their Bentley and robbed. You just, you drive a piece of crap like me. I drive a very, I don't want to say what kind of car, but a very average car that an average person would drive. And guess what? It drives as good as a Bentley. It drives as good as every other car I've ever been in, including some rental cars that are even cheaper. Cars, most cars are pretty much the same now with comfort and quality and all that sort of, it's not, the difference is negligible to me. People do this for their ego. You know what doesn't come with an average car? Being robbed, being followed home. These people were mugged at gunpoint. But we're not safe anywhere. We're not safe in our homes. The world is so dissatisfied. What's wrong with the world? The level of unhappiness. Everybody wants more and nobody wants to work. So if you want more and you don't want to work, you might rob and steal. That's, that's what's going on. People used to work, be honest. And let me tell you something, you work an honest day of work and then you go buy your cigarettes or you go buy your food or you go buy your liquor. You feel so good about yourself. There is nothing better than working, earning and buying. It's okay to have less. Listen, there are times that I'm a little self-conscious about my car. Sure. I went to somebody's house the other day. Pretty wealthy person. And I thought, I don't want to park in front. I don't want them to see. But that's ego. That's something you have to, you know, that's something I have to deal with with myself. That's what's wrong with the Winnie Adams. In Maine, in 80... Seven-year-old woman fought off an intruder. Then fed him after he told her he was hungry. Now, I don't think we should be feeding the crooks. Marjorie Perkins said she awoke at 2 a.m. on July 26 and saw a young man standing over her bed. He had shed his shirt and pants and told her he was going to cut her. Let's. I'm going to play a clip. 
This is a clip from the news broadcast. This is Marjorie. This is her own. I have Marjorie's own words. I woke up to see a male standing over me by my bed telling me he was going to cut me. A terrifying start to the day for 87-year-old Marjorie Perkins. I jumped out of bed, got my shoes on real fast. Hold on. What kind of intruder allows you to put your shoes on? Because they don't have ties and I was ready to kick. Oh, whoa, whoa. It's like he's going to start kicking. The shoes didn't have ties. I guess you had like those Skechers. Has anybody tried those Skechers? I want to try those Skechers. Like Skechers. I'd like them to be a sponsor. I want more spon. I like these. I want sponsors on this podcast. They give me stuff. Intruder quickly learned he had picked the wrong home to break into. That's right. This Thinking is a mask. Marjorie, you don't, you don't mess with the North Northeasterners. Says she picked up the only thing nearby. I grabbed my chair, and uh, he grabbed me by the shoulders and pushed me against the wall and so forth. So I took my chair and I kept hitting him. Having had enough of Marjorie's beating, she says the young man headed for the kitchen. He said he was very hungry, so I gave him crackers and peanut butter. All right, that's where our our stories divert. You come into my house and you threaten to cut me, you don't get a meal. But this this woman fed the guy, gave him peanut butter and crackers and some. While he was fruit. eating, Marjorie took the chance to call police. The oh, intruder inside her home on Beverly Drive, police say, is a juvenile who is staying just a few blocks away. You just don't think it's going to happen in your neighborhood. This is and a here it is. Uh, so it's surprising. The incident shocking those who live nearby. This is NBC in Maine. Looking over her home after, Marjorie says the young man must have got in through this back window. And this was pushed way over. No doubt a terrifying experience. Yeah, but, but Marjorie says there's no need to have sympathy. Don't sit and cry about it. Whoa. If it comes up again, do it again. Wow. Be ready to kick and then pick up a chair and That's right. somebody with it. Toughen up, people. Toughen up. Marjorie's right. Enough of this nonsense. Kick the intruder. So, is there a backlash going on where people are fighting back against these criminals? Is that is that is that what we have to hope for? This woman was eighty-seven years old. I salute you, Marjorie. Or not salute you because that would that would be uh, not fair to our, our military for the great service that they do. I I salute you. I can't think of another word. That's the worst thing about getting older is you think of a word and you go, that's not the word. And you go, you know what? I'm just going to say the word anyway. And the, and the listener can try and figure out what I'm trying to say. I commend you, Marjorie. I have such respect for you. I think that is pretty damn remarkable that this woman, 87 years old, kicked, kicked, oh, kicked the intruder, physically fought back. Now we're worried about our president. Maybe, the, maybe the president needs to kick somebody. I am amazed at some of these older people because I thought at this point you're just in your rocking chair and that's the end of it. So I hope that I have that much energy. I don't know. That is scary to think about somebody in your home. In the middle of the night, you wake up and she says she's ready for more. Now, my concern always with fighting off, I just want to say this, what's wrong with fighting off a criminal? Well, the criminals know where she lives now. They may go back. Same with that 7-Eleven. Those employees have to fear retribution from that person or that person's friends or family or whatever it is. 
that's that's what's scary. A judge, and then I'm bringing it home. And by the way, my name is Orny Adams. This is What's Wrong with Orny Adams. You can email me at what's wrong at ornyadams.com. What's wrong at ornyadams.com. Now, what's is usually W-H-A-T apostrophe S. No apostrophe. Can't have that in emails. What's wrong at ornyadams.com. And my tour schedule is at ornyadams.com slash tour. I'm in negotiations to do some sort of residency in Vegas. Uh, looks like it might be falling apart, but I keep adding dates. I'll be back at the Ice House August 19th in Pasadena, California. Get tickets now. I'll be there in September. I'm about to announce a theater in Cleveland. August 10th, I will make that announcement. I hope Cleveland comes out to support me. I love Cleveland, and I want to start playing theaters. I want to start playing in front of audiences that are facing the stage, that are listening, not on their devices, not being interrupted by waitstaff. I love comedy clubs, but I also want to do that. I'll be back on KFI August 13th, Sunday, August 13th. I'll be doing my show again. Um, so check that out. But just I'm, I'm actually wasting time because I'm trying to find this article about this judge that shot his wife. An Orange County court judge, no, no, an Orange County Superior Court judge has been arrested in connection with the shooting wife. Shoot, God not God. Gosh, gosh, darn it. This podcast was going to be an A to an A plus podcast until I just muffled, guffled, schmuffled up that whole moment. That's what's wrong with Orny Adams. Perfection eludes me. Perfection eludes me. Boy, I've had some meetings, some meetings about my career. There's something happening. I think I have a lot of choices to make and to have that many, this many choices at my age and this point in my career is great. But I want to thank everyone that supports me for sure. Everyone that's watching uh, and subscribes to my Patreon. If you're watching this on YouTube or just listening to the audio on Spotify or iTunes or people that come to my shows or people that stop me in the streets, you are part of the fuel that keeps me going. You're part of the fuel. Jeffrey Ferguson, 72, was taken into custody on suspicion of murder. Orange County Superior Court judge arrested in connection with the shooting death of his wife at their home in Anaheim Hills. 72, his wife was 65. Why? I mean... Do you need any more proof at how difficult marriage and relationship... What This guy, and this guy didn't even fake cleaning the gun. He was like, forget it. I'm just going to shoot her and go to jail. You're a judge. You have people in front of you all the time. You know the system. You know you're going to be sent away. You know how crappy it is to be in jail. And he still shoots his wife. This is two podcasts in a row that I'm ending on some guy shooting his wife. It's scary, scary times. The world... I should end on something positive, shouldn't I? Shouldn't I find something positive and uplifting to tell you, my viewer, my listener, something that will get you through the day? Let me think. I'm going to think 
for a second. I'm going to take a, a second before I wrap this up. Seriously, think what what is good. I can't think of anything. Gas prices are going up again. The economy's okay. There's wars for no reason. Death, killing. I don't know. Maybe it's always been like this. Maybe what's wrong with Orny Adams is my eyes are opening up. But I do know this. It could be a better world. And we could be nicer. And that's what I want you to think about. And I want to see you at one of my stand-up shows coming up. Thank you so much, everybody. <laughs> this all been something to do. But if the everlasting had not fixed his cannon, yet self-slaughter. God. The body was literally responding to what was happening. The turmoil was going on inside your head. Why such an extreme response? Thank you so much, everybody. I don't know what that crap was. Wait, hey, Ernesto, edit out that. <laughs> Just no, leave it in. What's wrong with Orny Adams? Episode 87. Vanessa Hurtado will now on a Friday. Little friend, edit this. He's got crazy hair. He's, He's got, got great cra- big eyes. What should I do about my hair? That's a good point. Darwin. What's his name, Kev? Feel as I get older, time for a change. Time for a change. Well, I'm excited because I'm going through puberty again. If you can think of anything that's good about the world right now, email me at what's wrong at oneyadams.com. Let's keep in touch. I love the people that write in and have suggestions. Somebody just had a suggestion, just sent me about, I discussed on an episode about how we're going to recycle toilet water and tap water. So I know you're listening. You can be a part of this. We all can. Oh, been talking about it on stage. All you people complaining on the internet are getting in the way of me. Am I complaining? Thank you so much. Episode 87. We'll see you for 88. We'll see you. We'll see you. We'll see you. We'll see you. Oh, shit. I forgot to do the, uh, the story about me being thrown out of the restaurant. Ugh. All right, I'll do it on a future episode. It's always something.